We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, John Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Hello, gentlemen. Come on, bring some energy, dude. Let's go. We're doing a show. You need to Hi. look alive. Don't do that. We have our statistician and professional photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. You can't spell Yante Martin without manatee. <laughs> we have... <laughs> Our trash oh, tweeter, Jack Alfonso. I don't have a Twitter account. You don't. So now <laughs> we need a new thing for you. Bob, but your, your tweets were so bad. They were. That's why he doesn't have a Twitter account anymore. And you don't yeah. even have a mustache anymore, so I can't call you trash mustache, Jack Alfonso, either. You're just going to have to come up with something else. We need Unless to come up with a new- Should we call him Cuban Ben Shapiro? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> And we have our very own Hot Take Harry, who's wrestling with his dog. That sounds weird. Um, this is my flu game, though, so I'm trying to just be good. Listen, we've all done we've all done flu games. Can Finn say hi? Can Can Finn bark on command? No, and you don't want him to start, so it's all okay. Good. No, then forget it. Forget it. Finn. Ignore <laughs> that you're there. Um, <laughs> that is our cast for today, and we are part of the Five Reasons. Sports Network, started by Ethan Skolnick and Chris Whittingham. Check us out at Five Reasons Sports on Twitter, Instagram, uh, all sorts of social, Facebook, all that social media stuff. Um, once, you know, sports season gets started down here, like really started with football season, um, Ethan and Chris post um, schedule of all the shows. We have Fish Tank with um, OJ McDuffie, which tells old Dolphin stories and new Dolphin stories. They had Mike Pouncey on the other day. 
Um, so check that out. We also have three yards per carry, which is another Dolphins podcast, which is going to be more day-to-day operations of the Dolphins. There's the Balls cast, a very cultural, pop culture sports take on Miami. Also, you know, Ethan and Chris's show, the Five Reasons flagship show, our show, um, Fantasy on Five for you fantasy heads is a new Miami Hurricane show. There's so much uh, as a wrestling show. Like, there's e- something for everyone on the network. So check that out. Check out the Arizona's. Oh, yeah, we have Cinco Razones. Bienvenido a la familia Cinco Razones. We have some Hispanic shows up in here, Spanish language, sports talk. Um, You know what's funny about Spanish language sports talk? My dad listens to it a lot, and every time I get in his car and I turn it on, they're always debating Ronaldo Messi. That is their Marino Montana. They, <laughs> is it like new- it's, it's is never it Rardy's intro is getting longer and longer the more they're getting longer and longer it's long-winded it's the offseason this has gone on for three minutes but yeah check <laughs> all that stuff out also our patreon content or patron content i guess we're not on patreon where we provide all sorts of fun patron stuff. only okay. content on podbean patron only yeah it, see okay so we did a pre-show before this and um i i learned that we're not actually on patreon that it's actually just patron content on podbean um, and I was very upset. And there's all sorts of things. Like, I think I told a very inappropriate joke um, that you'll never hear me make otherwise in one of them. Uh, we just, it's just us shooting the shit. So write that down, Brian. So check that out um, and, and, um, and give us money. So don't forget your rapid raps. My rapid raps. Oh, yeah, I did a rap, an anime rap, an anime cypher. So check all that out. Now, with that, we will get on to the minutia of the show. I know that we spent a lot of time with Wade and China last show. We're going to get into that later. I do want to start with some interesting stuff about Riley and Winslow in particular. Riley, um, you know, kind of Tim Reynolds, right? Brian was very confident that this deal is going to get done very soon. Yeah, Tim Reynolds was on um, Sirius XM Radio today. And he basically went through a lot of different things about the heat. He was on for about 15 minutes. Uh, but on the Winslow topic itself, he basically mentioned what Riley said in his press conference over the weekend, where he mentioned how they're desperate to want uh, Winslow to come back, um, in a sense to also bring back Way because they think uh, Winslow's best play has come in his rookie season when Way was obviously there, but also in the second half of last season. And uh, they're expecting to get an extension done by late August or early September before training camp happens. Tim Reynolds conjectured about what the deal might be like. He thinks it's going to be the Jay Rich deal. And I think that's fair. It's about 40 or 34 million. And uh, that's about it from, from that standpoint, but you'd have a lot more stuff on weighted and uh, white side. We can get to later. We'll get to that later, but with the Winslow stuff, uh, Jack, I know that you're probably the most excited out of all of us. You're so, you look so happy. Yeah, no, I'm excited that they'd be able to keep him. On the Jay Rich deal, too, I think that's a great deal. I thought they'd have to overpay for him a little bit. And, like, I don't want to give him the, like, whatever his full extension is because I'm high on him, but he still only has probably, like, one and a half seasons of good play. Um, first half of last season, he wasn't that great. His whole second season's basically just a wash wash um rookie season was really promising the jump shooting and the the back half yeah no and the jump shooting in this last season is really promising really all we were looking for is the finishing to um develop and i think he can do that um and he showed in the playoffs that i mean he was going coast to coast with the ball really pushing off rebounds and that was like super super promising 
No, he was playing with passion. Really, he was. I mean, it was kind of weird. Like the, it's kind of funny to say because I know Levitard hates it, but he had the look in his eyes. No, I hate that too. <laughs> I don't want to do look in the eyes talk. I know you don't. But I kind of like. I'm kind of mad that, and I guess this is like you know being after the fact guy playing the result. But like now, him and Jay Rich are going to be a year apart in their contract. I wish they had given him an extension with Jay Rich so that they kind of fall on the same timeline. Why don't they give him an option in the fourth year and then they'll line up? There you go. Yeah, I guess. There I you guess. go. Okay, that that could be a thing. Yeah, I mean, and especially when they're operating under, they're going to need cap space eventually. And um, signing those guys with bird rights at the same time is going to probably help them whenever, you know, it is that they get that cap space, probably when Tyler and, and Hassan are, are are off the books. Um, but we've been, Christian, we've been clamoring for this for like the last year. I mean, pretty much ever since Jay Rich got the deal, I think this show has been on. They need to extend him. Right. I mean, just his potential alone, I think it's worth it. Um, but then obviously, like you said, he's he's had, uh, or was it Jack that said it? He's had about a year and a half where he's played really good basketball, at least for a young guy, for a guy who's obviously still developing his skills and figuring the game out and kind of, you know, growing into being a man. Um, but it's true. I mean, I was just looking at it right now while you guys were talking about it. He was significantly better in the second half of the year, which I think definitely is kind of reinforcing to like Riley and Spolstra that they really need Dwayne back because I think he is a great mentoring role. And Kat, you be quiet. <laughs> Harrison's dog did not break first. Your cat did. She walked away though. Um, <laughs> Dominance. But yeah, I'd, uh, shit, bro. the cat ruined the show. Write that Seriously. down. You're talking about the second half of last season and how the, he had grown confidence. I mean, look at this. He, he shot 46% from the field, 36% from three. He had a two and a half assist to turnover ratio. He was getting more steals than he was earlier in the year. I mean, it was all just kind of clicking and the team played great with him on the court. So you just kind of hope that they let him continue to grow off that, which they kind of did in that Sixers series. It wasn't always great. But it was really good to see him play with confidence, which I think is one of the a big step for a young guy trying to find I, himself. I think the big thing in the Sixer series was that I think a fear that we've all had and they've probably had internally was like you can Tony Allen him, mm-hmm. right? You just like leave him alone and then you, you know, he shrinks the court, which that was not the case in the Sixer series at all. And even when he did not take the jumper, he was putting a lot of pressure on the drive. So maybe he wasn't, I know that he wasn't the most efficient scorer um, on drives and stuff that series, but the fact that he was, he was finishing better than normal and he had the threat of the jump shot in the series. That was really like opening the floor for everybody. Yeah. I mean, he, he basically was adding a new part to his game because he had never had people respect his shot before. That, that was so weird for all of yeah, us. Yeah, now that people were respecting a shot, he had to adapt to it, and that he was doing a great job of getting past defenders and getting to the lane. He just needs to learn. He just needs to keep working on finishing. Dude, he was hitting transition when, threes from like the top of the key. The trailer justice, that. like unprecedented from him. I love trailer justice. It's the thing. I like. I like my thing with justice is I think he can legitimately be a fifteen like. Six and eight guy. I don't think that that's an unreasonable thing for like that with good defense, like elite defense. Like, am I am I unreasonable for thinking that? I think no. justice can be better. Justice better. How about that? Maybe the six assists is a little high. Maybe more like five or something. But 
Wait, I thought you said eight assists. Do you mean eight rebounds? I meant eight. Yeah, eight rebounds. Okay. He's an exceptional rebounder. I don't know his rebound rate or whatever, but I know that that guy, you know, to use the cliche, eats glass. <laughs> this is the cliche part. I hate myself. I want I want this extension more because there are so many people that think Winslow is just a bust or a role player. Then it would be bad for the Heat to have signed other guys that didn't allow them to do the extension. You know what I mean? Like I want I want it more for the haters than. How bad? How badly miscalculated it would be if the Heat let Winslow go, based on other signings. I think it'd be a catastrophe. Like if, man, if he was good somewhere else, that would be a like legitimate catastrophe. Especially because he looks like he's trending up. He's trending up. He's still really young. I know for years we were, or that whole year we we're like he's only nineteen, but now he's only twenty one. So it's not like he's twenty two. Twenty two. Um, I don't. I I really don't see how he doesn't become a. Iguodala like player. I mean, maybe he doesn't become as good as Iggy was in his prime, but with his ball handling skills, his ability to pass the ball, his rebounding, his wingspan, and hopefully his ability to shoot the three. And the defense. Yeah, I don't know how you look at him and say, this guy can't. I mean, listen, I don't think he's not going to be your star player, but he gives you so many skills out on the floor and so many things that you really can't prepare for that I don't understand the issue with giving him a four-year deal and just letting him grow into his body, become the player that we always thought he would be. And if it takes a little time, who the heck cares? What a, what, what's the big deal if it took him four years to become the player we wanted him to be instead of two? I mean, there's no difference. Christian, do you, th- Sorry, Harry. Uh, Christian do, you think that he, do you think that he ends up starting over James Johnson at some point in the season, or do you think Spo just keeps everything keeps him off the bench coming out with Dwayne if Dwayne comes back. I mean, assuming no injuries. Um, assuming no injuries. In a perfect I don't world. think, I mean, in a perfect world, his shooting would improve enough that nobody considers it a liability and you can keep him and JJ on the court at the same time. Oh, man, I did not think of that. That sounds fun. Because Those, that, really you would want Justice playing the point guard role and JJ still playing like the, you know, modern day power forward role. So what would be your starting five in that case? Because we're who would start? But I don't think I don't think you start the two in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, like a a closing lineup, and obviously this is ignoring Goran, who I don't want anything to happen to. But uh, I mean, a closing lineup, you know, two three years from now of you know Winslow, Richardson, James Johnson, you know, Bam, and insert fifth player. That could be pretty good, especially if that fifth player is like a Jimmy Butler or God knows. I'm wet. No. Did you just <laughs> say? Kind of Did you just say James Johnson would be on the team two to three years from now? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, what, a problem that, with that. That, that's what I was like. Wait, I was how old would he be by then? He's like thirty-three. Like, why are we? Why are we projecting James Johnson? Now? We have to project James Johnson next Wait, year. Well, what are we assuming he's going to be next year? Because I know he's coming off the sports hernia, so Guys, I assume it, he's going to be better. But JJ's only thirty-one. Like. I mean, he's going to be on the team in two years. It's hopefully the fourth year where either he opts in and they trade him or they convince him to opt out for some reason. But he'll be – I mean, I can't imagine not being on the team in two years. I mean, again, like Jack, what Jack is saying is right, coming off the sports turning out, I don't know what he's going to look like. 
but we have to assume it's going to be better. But how much better? Like how much better can you look at eight at an age thirty one, thirty two season? Oh man, uh, it's kind of funny because in the Tim Reynolds uh, interview, he mentioned how like everybody on the Heat team was freaking hurt at the end of the season. That like a lot of injuries that none of us have heard about. Like even Goron was really banged up towards the end of the season with knee, wrist, elbow issues that were lingering on throughout like the second half after the All Star break. Um, obviously, James Johnson, Sports Reno was one of them, and Tyler Johnson was dealing with a lot of injuries too. I have a, I have a hot take. This guy's oh, this guy's always dealing with injuries, when, Brian. That's his excuse. When do we start blaming the Heat? You know, the doctors, the strength and conditioning coaches. We're always <laughs> hurt since since LeBron's gotten here. We haven't had one healthy season. The first practice, Mike Miller broke his thumb. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is that also Tim mentioned how like the Heat are happy that none of these all these guys are hurt. They had the surgeries. Like Tyler had his uh, his shoulder surgery. Um, over the summer, and that he's happy that like n- no one on the team is actually practicing outside, of, like Ko and Jay Rich, even Dion to a lesser extent. Bam, 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 was, Bam of Bam course, but with- most of the team is has actually taken these past few months um, off. When normally in the case, of especially both Johnsons, they they put in probably the most work of anyone on the team. But but like Tyler, Tyler and JJ play super reckless with their bodies, particularly Tyler. And that's always been something I didn't like because he's so small mm-hmm. and he plays like really, really reckless. And oh, you don't like something about Tyler Johnson? Boy, no shocker. That's weird. No, but like, hold on. Wait a second. That's legitimate criticism. Like at, at his price tag, which I think we all can agree is not good. He's, he plays very reckless with his body. And I understand the idea of hustle and all that. But like, dude, you got to be available. And you're too small. Like you're not, you're not LeBron. And like even LeBron's not doing that because obviously LeBron's hyper valuable. But you're too small to be throwing yourself the way you are. Like that's how you get hurt all the time. I mean, the issue isn't. I mean, the points that you made are fine about Tyler Johnson. It's just that you make them over and over. the horse is beaten, man. The horse is dead. I haven't even mentioned Tyler in like a month. Every 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 freaking podcast. So I agree with you that he you know the, the, he doesn't play smart as a smart guy at his size. He's frail. You know he's always hurt. I don't know if that's injury prone or whatever. But yeah, you have to start looking around and realizing the Heat are always hurt. Do they practice too hard? Are they not? Are they not like maybe they're in maybe they're well conditioned, but maybe not they're maybe they're not strong enough to be taking the beating yeah. for the regular season no. because. Yeah. We're always we're always Harry, hurt. Harry, oh, Harry, you're, Harry you're totally right. That's what Tim was alluding to, that the Heat practiced way too hard, especially over the summer, that you know, towards the middle to the end of the season, they don't have the same kind of stamina or strength that to you know continue on, especially when it comes to the playoffs. A lot of the players that are on the team are playing less than hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and that's the Ray exactly. Allen criticism too, going back to his la- the last year of the big three heat. He always said, you know. A lot of these guys are older. Um, suppose working us too hard, and yeah, that's Ray Allen. And I don't know how much you can buy into that because he was towards the end of his career. But you got to think that affects everybody, even the younger guys. Mm-hmm. And suppose not as hard as him as Riley is. I mean, Dwayne. I think Dwayne knows Dwayne and Udonis know best that 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 because when I know that Levitard has always alluded to when LeBron maybe wanted Riley, Dwayne's like, no, 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 you don't want that. Them practices ain't fun. Let's take suppose a cakewalk compared to Riley. <laughs> the Heat are at a crossroad where they need to. Every person on the team, on the staff, they need to look in the mirror. I mean, you shouldn't be running practices at the rate you were before because science is showing you that rest and sleep is better for athletes. So there's no reason to 
to run them into the ground, especially during the regular season. And especially if you want to be playing 100 games, you know, that's the goal to get to about 100 games. You, you don't need to be, you know, burning rubber in August and September. And you can kind of slow down a little bit. And I mean, it's just something that it's, I can't believe Harry took the position in which he's going to sideswipe Pete Coulter. No, I'm not. Listen, the culture obviously is what a lot of guys buy into it because anytime you talk to them, they bring the practicing a lot as part of the culture. And you're just, but you can do both. You can have a hardworking culture and not run guys into the ground. They're not mutually exclusive things. So you don't, so what you want is you want anti Thibodeau. Okay. Don't even Tibbs is Tibbs almost killed Luol Deng. Deng is lucky to be alive. Let's not bring up. (laughs) Wait, how did Deng survive heat culture? How did Deng? I mean, Deng's probably coming to heat culture. Like, oh, thank God, I'm away from this Thibodeau guy. Yeah, because he's like, wow, my legs work and I can move that. Seven hour practice, cakewalk compared to Tibbs. Yeah, I mean, if if Tibbs gets any new trades this year, all those guys are in trouble. That's why everyone's trying to get out of there. They don't want to die. It's a death wish to be on the. You know that meme. That meme of uh, Tibbs laughing, the little gif, the little video of him like laughing, and then it gets like the close up gets like closer and closer of him laughing. And um, I like I love whenever the, the Timberwolves make a trade or they acquire a young player, and it's just the people just tweet that. Wait, is that their Marcus Camby? Yes. Oh no, no, our market. Listen, Marcus. Oh, Camby, is that the, t- the Timberwolves he, he, Twitter? Whatever you, whatever you call. No, it. no, no. It's just it's. I don't think it says mass, and I think it's just like Zach Harper. Oh. I inflated it. It's, it made it seem like it was bigger than it was. I hate your Zach exaggeration. Harper being funny. I do. Yeah, me too. Everything's a hyperbole with me. Um, so I know that the one of the other things that the Heat mentioned was how that they really liked Winslow's improvements with Dwayne. That they really credited Dwayne a lot for helping Justice and Tim Reynolds talked to Tim Reynolds is close with Dwayne. Tim Reynolds is informed. I mean, that's that's kind of like that's his guy now. Um, and Tim Reynolds says that that China offer wasn't real. What was it, Brian, on a serious XM? Yeah, he he mentioned how he never really got the contract offer, him and his people, um, even though it was reported through media. Uh, it never really got to Wade uh, for him to even, like, accept the offer. Plus, there was a deadline that was kind of crazy. I think he had, like, three days to accept it, which... Do you think Dwayne leaked that? Do you think Dwayne made that I up, wouldn't be surprised. to put pressure on the I wouldn't be surprised if, if the agent... Um, probably leaked it just to get more leverage from the Heat to offer the full 5.3 million. That's what um, that's what Tim Reynolds was conjecturing. Um, I think it makes the most sense uh, negotiating wise. But yeah, but Reynolds was saying that like Dwayne's holding this up, not the Heat. It's not just Dwayne. It, it, Dwayne's really thinking about retiring. It's to his credit, what uh, what Tim was saying is that he doesn't expect Wade to leave anywhere except Miami. Um, he thinks. Either way, if he retires or or if he plays again, it's going to be in Miami. Wade's Wade's just trying to Wade's just awesome. trying to skip uh, skip training camp, right? That's where. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm out here saying that Dwayne Wade is out here saying I'm not doing that training camp. That sounds painful. I Go think, to hell with that. You know what I'm I was thinking in, of when the whole China thing came out because doesn't the Chinese basketball year like end um, right after the yes. trade deadline? I was thinking he can play like a season in China, then come back into the NBA and actually compete for a playoff. That's so lame. I would be so mad. I just think China's something that he's going to think about. You know, he said how much he loves watching his son play basketball. Zaire, I believe, is a rising. There's no way that that dude. I don't know, dude. I Harry, for what you're saying, I don't think he goes well, hold to on. China. Let me. You didn't let me finish my point. But Tim said he's not playing in China. Like, sure. Ever, ever? 
like he's not playing this year. I don't know. I fig- I figured there was some weird bonus in his shoe contract, but maybe maybe there wasn't. But I figure Zaire, I think he's a rising junior at American Her- Heritage, so two more years, and then maybe Wade would go make some money in China for a year. He goes to American Heritage. Yeah, he, he signed up for this year. Let me tell you something. I do engineering work for American Heritage. I do all the job inspections for like the mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I'm a civil engineering inspector. That's my day job. And that the guy who owns it, Mr. Laurie, dude is loaded. Dude owns like all of those houses back there. American Heritage is a really nice school. Jesus. I'm like, I walk in and I was like, God, God, they're so nice. And then they have like all the rewards, all their sports awards everywhere. And I'm, I grew up in Miami. Like, I don't care about high school sports. Like I, I live in Kendall. Like I've, I've got the public school. He's just like, none of these things. And I, I was like, I don't know what this American Heritage is, but this school looks really nice. And well, apparently it's a, Freaking big deal. Let me tell you, I mean, I went to the second most expensive private school in Miami. And when we would... uh, Gulliver. What's the most expensive? Is it LaSalle? uh, Ransom. Okay. When you... uh, Wait, it's called Ransom? Yeah, Ransom Everglades. (laughs) I mean, their tuition is probably Ransom. (laughs) Probably. Anyway, back to the point. Whenever (laughs) whenever we would go uh, to play, because we would play them in football uh, just about every year, well, we would go there to play on their field. Dude, it was like walking onto a college campus, like, you know, brownstones. And, like, it was just, it's a beautiful school. And I, could, I couldn't believe it. You can join Dan Lebetard and Poppy for a night of music, art, and dominoes during Moss Miami Volume 2 at Revolution Live and Stash in Fort Lauderdale this weekend. It's music made by Miami as local bands Jacuzzi Boys, Magic City Hippies, Cannibal Kids, and Dama Vic will perform at Revolution Live. Live art will be performed by Diana Contreras and Sona. Plus, at Stash, Poppy's Domino Tournament will be happening along with a live performance by local band Tamboca. And part of the proceeds will go to Bullies and Beyond Rescue and the Ron McGill Conservation Endowment. You can get tickets by logging on to lebitardbrothers.com. Join Dan and Poppy this Saturday for Moss Miami Volume 2 at Revolution Live and Stash. They draw crowds for that, like for those high school games. Yeah, and they had a nice stadium for it too. They had the facilities. I had this I had this argument with um with people in the five reasons chat, I think it's weird to go to high school sports. Why? It's, I think it's one of the, like I I went to an amazing game when I, I was probably maybe, I don't know, my first year in college, I went to uh, American heritage versus Pinecrest at the Coral Springs gym. It was Kenny Boyden versus Brandon Knight. It was an incredible game. I think that's weird. I like, why are you watching high school? What's the difference if you're going to watch them in college? It's one year earlier. I think that's weird. I listen. I think that's weird too. But at least that is decorated with production. Listen, I mean this in the nicest way possible. If someone gave me a valid argument why it was weird, I'd listen to them. But you watch like teenage girls and Japanese cartoons. I watch anime, which is usually and usually family. through lesbians. And listen, if if someone. If it's Jack made this argument, and, and sometimes they're lesbians. Sometimes and Jack is not. closer to the high school age. I would take. I would say, all right. But like, you don't think the you don't think the basketball sucks? Like, what or like the football sucks? Like they're high school. Like, some they're of not, it like, doesn't though. And when you're talking about these schools that can recruit, it's not. It's, it's not like going to a regular game and watching two high schools play. I mean, the, if you have Wade's son and whoever else you can get at these private schools, you, you've, you've accumulated pretty good basketball talent, especially in South Florida, which is a good area of recruiting basketball talent. 
Yeah, but like I, I watch college and I know the like I I I know what good basketball looks like. Like there's nothing in college that remotely looks like watchable basketball. So if I'm going even lower than like so that's that's like that's um like that's not even professional. That's amateur. Okay, let me and then ask we're going you a step below amateur. If you watched UFC, would you not watch two drunk guys fighting in the street? But that's funny. Isn't it kind of funny to watch B high schoolers be bad? No, because it's it's long. Like a fight between two drunk people, it's not a two hour event or an or four, an an uh, an hour event. I mean, watching two drunk guys fight is like five minutes. What? That wasn't the best example. I'm not going to a high school game unless it's going to be good. And also the thing about fighting. So if you want to actually like use like a better example, like backyard fighting, right? And I know Miami Kimbo Slice, like there was a huge scene. Yeah, Rest in peace. that has a feel of like anarchy, and this is dirty, and like. There's there's something there's an element to that that feels like almost wrong, which is why it's like maybe enticing, right? Like I'm watching something that's like not public, like this is super under, like so I think there's that element to like combat, but just like the anime you watch, right? <laughs> I think the high school question is kind of complicated. I think it's not necessarily weird to go watch it, but I think there is an element like with the LeBron James Jr. talk. It does get weird when you're like obsessing over this 13 or 14 year old and you don't know if he's going to make it into the league. Like he has four to five years before he's even going to be eligible to be drafted. Like there's so many 13 year old, 14 year old phenoms who just fall off the face of the earth because they're little kids. So I think it's a little bit weird where you see ESPN like looking at lebron james jr with his first dunk and stuff like that's a little weird to me like the the the, yeah. the ball kid and and lamello overseas lamello yeah it's like dude has braces like you guys are like obsessing over like a kid it's just that's i guess i guess part of it is kind of that part of it harrison and i think another part of it is that i see like 40 year olds like excited to go to an american well Heritage i think that's game different if you're being entertained and, by the game that's fine as long as you're not obsessing over the individual kids as if they're like i don't know i think recruiting culture is pretty weird because you see people on twitter yelling at oh, no, recruits, no, that's absolutely but i think yeah. going to a game and enjoying kenny boyton versus brandon knight is totally fine it's just sports yeah and i and they're Am I wrong? Like, I'm willing to be wrong, and maybe, like, I'm just so removed from that, and I, I, I don't understand how that's appealing to watch, just, but maybe I'm wrong. You also have to think about it. The alumni factor is also pretty have a, a pretty heavy factor. Yeah, but I know that alumni aren't going to watch American Heritage. Well, like, how do you I know, know that, that like, went alumni to, we went, aren't? I mean, you and me both went to Varela. We didn't have any good high school sports. Okay, but, like, um, uh, like American Heritage is, like, super expensive. There's an element of... I don't know. I think... And, and rich like rich, man, rich people aren't out here living in plantations. There's right? an element of domination that you don't get in like college or NBA sports. Like when you see a high school phenom, he's just like on another level of the other people. And you don't really yep. get that in any other level of the sport. You like, I'm trying to think Andrew Wiggins, for example, like when he was in high school, I understand the appeal of that because he's just dunking on everybody. And there's no stopping him. But 
That, but that's fun. Oh, I don't know if it's yeah, fun, it but it's kind of cool to see. But you know, but you know that he's dunking on everyone because the other people yeah, aren't good. So I see. think I think there's a. Yeah, but you can watch. I mean, you can watch the NBA for dunking. You can watch anybody play the Phoenix Suns, and it's just going to be a line to dunking. No, I don't know. I. I know. Wait, am I allowed to say something? Yeah, no. Okay, you guys back. Anyway, I think that that's not good. That's not good radio. I think Harry. that there's a difference between it. It just sounds like you don't like amateur sports. So you don't like high school. You don't like college. I don't like. Yeah, I don't and like so you're not, sports. And no one's going to convince you to enjoy it. They're not going to bring you to a game, and suddenly you're going to be like, "This is." I can't believe I'm missing out on this. But I understand. And there's a lot of there's some there's some egregiousness to both. Like there's a lot of bad stuff with AAU recruiting and college recruiting and things that would turn you off from the game. But if you just said, "Hey, I want to go watch like two kids that are really excellent at basketball play, and they tend to have good teammates," I don't know why that would be a bad game. I think the key word is kids. I just, I just think that's weird. I think going, wanting to go see kids play, and like, I, I don't even do that. Like, I love soccer, and I'm not out here watching U17. Like, I don't do that. And like, those are national team players. There are some fun U17 like, those soccer are like, games, though. I'm not watching U17 soccer. Some of the best soccer games I've ever. I think seen I saw one U17. I watched one U17 soccer game because my friend's like, you need to watch this Mallory Pugh. She's so good, and she's just going to run over everybody. And I watched it, and I was like, wow, Mallory Pugh's good, and wow, this is horrible. I never want to do this ever again in my life. Julio Gomez played for U17 Mexico national team. This was like a few years ago. I don't remember how I was watching this game, but he injured his head midway through the game, came back on later in the game, like just bloody bandage around his head hits a bicycle kick for goal to win the game it was the most incredible soccer game i've ever seen but that's like the dumbest shit that happens in like amateur sports i watched something and i was like i know that that's not really possible in like a real game it was a real game it was like a high level u17 game i guess that's why people i guess that's why people like college football because in college football like the kind of bullshit that happens it's like that doesn't happen. Well, the NFL is not fun to watch. But it's college football, so, and they all suck. Yeah, the NFL is. Not- well, the NFL. But I, I mean, I just, I just don't like football in general. Okay, then why are we talking but, about it? If yeah, you just don't, don't like amateur sports, I, I was just. Yeah, this that's is just what a it is. I mean, I, I mean, but I was using, I was framing it, I was framing it through basketball and soccer because those are sports. I mean, Jenny, I grew up coaching youth basketball, as you guys probably don't know. So, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, you always, you always mention it whenever so you can. I've kind of, you know, it's not, listen, a lot of those games I coached were not good. I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, they always performed and it was amazing to watch. But you kind of, you enjoy watching kids both learn how to, to succeed and how to fail and how they grow from that, and that's. That's interesting. It's a learning experience. It's the same thing. I mean, even as they get older, even as professionals, they still have moments of greatness and moments of failure, and you learn from that as a human being. It's a human experience. That's how I feel about sports in general. That was very profound, Harry. It really was, and it was like I felt like he was on the urge of it getting inappropriate because he kind of paused at a weird moment, but then he really <laughs> followed through. <laughs> okay, so now that I mean that was a wonderful aside. Um, let's say, okay, so we don't have a lot of time left. Um, we probably have another 10, 15 minutes. Um, you guys want to talk Yante or you want to, let's talk Yante instead of Hassan. So Yante Maten is, uh, the Heat's latest two-way player. Woo! Um, and yeah, I thought that was, that kind of came out of nowhere, but I mean, he, listen, all SEC first team, 19 points a game, 
about nine rebounds, a block and a half. Um, he finished with the ninth highest uh, player efficiency rating in SEC history. So there's that. Um, and he's a shooter, 40% from behind the college arc. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like um, I kind of like the fit. He's 6'8". I know he's projected to be a power forward, but I imagine that they'll try to play him at the three at times, considering how they're so thin there. Um, I know that Duncan Robinson is like the sharpshooter, but just reading the scouting reports on him, apparently his defense is there. He's ready. Um, the three point shot, the scouts expect it to be NBA ready. So I understand that he'll be a bit of a project and he'll probably play in the D league first, but I, I kind of maybe see him getting quicker playing time than Duncan Robinson, just cause I know Spo historically doesn't like to play guys who don't defend well. And Duncan Robinson, as we saw is a bit of a stiff. That's true, yeah. But then, you know, there's the other side to it. He, if he could be like a Mike Miller, who was pretty much always a stiff, but had a very unique talent. He had a few unique talents. Um, you know. he was he, Mike was something else, let me tell you. He, he was, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if he can find himself a role. I mean, he's, you know, 6'8". You know, I looked up that he had a, you know, really good, you know, college resume that who he kind of re- reminded me of just on the surface without really knowing him at all was kind of the situation where he got Udonis Haslam. Now, obviously Haslam went abroad for a while and then he came back and then he, you know, tried out for the, for the heat and eventually and made Haslam the team. Was fat. Haslam was fat. I don't know if, if Yante, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yante but, doesn't look fat. Yeah, no, he seems like he's in good shape. And, you know, he's had a, he had a strong college career. When we, when we looked up all the guys that the Heat brought into Summer League, he had probably the second best resume out of everybody. So I'm not that surprised that they ended up uh, giving him a two-way. Also, you can't spell Yante Martin without enema. Without what? Enema. Okay. I, uh, just to, I love just to get back on topic a little besides enemas, I think – these two-way contracts are – there was a really good move by the league because there's very little risk involved. The money doesn't count against the cap. And the like last year, how the Heat – You can stash yeah, and Exactly, how the Heat switched out. Uh, they, they got rid of Matt Williams and brought in Derek Jones Jr. The only thing you're dealing with is service days. But you got the guy on the team. You can go to the D League, learn your system, play, uh, you know, play Miami Heat basketball. And if you have injuries and you need a guy, you can come up. And if they're really good, you can convert those two-way contracts into regular contracts, assuming you have the roster space. So there's really no risk involved. I think what happened was they were worried that Yante was going to get plucked by another team. And at that point, just give him the contract. He's one, of, he's one of the better guys you had in the summer league this year. He's got skills to translate to the NBA. He was all SEC last year. And... He looks like he could be a good player. And before, before Summer League started, I know Chris threw out some stats. That, uh, Chris has a theory that if you're a good free throw shooter, it really translates well to the NBA. And Yante was shooting free throws very well at Georgia. He's a player you just want to keep an eye on, and why not just sign him to a deal if that's what your goal is, to just try to keep acquiring talent. I think that something that the Heat do super well, to your point, is use the D-League. And I know that was something that we've mentioned before, but they have they continually have guys that like implement heat like systems. I know Dan Craig was a coach last year, Nevada Smith is a coach this year, like implementing heat systems to prepare people to prepare players to play in Miami Heat Eric Spolstra systems. 
I think is big. And guys like Josh Richardson came in ready. Like he was not good when he played it, the the first go around. They sent him to the Sky Force. He came back. He was a very good player. And yeah, I think Tyler Johnson's another one. Was Tyler Johnson in the Sky mm-hmm. Force? Yep. Yeah. So he he's another one. Like and. Now we're going to have Derek Jones Jr. We're going to yeah, have, uh, I'm sure that he's going to see some yeah, time Magruder. Um, in the Sky Force. Magruder, um, who's another, we haven't even talked about like the guard rotation. He's another guy that's going to be in the guard rotation. It's going to be so But that's a good problem to have. Spots for everybody. Jesus Christ. But I I don't know because they're really lacking at small forwards. <laughs> like they don't have like a six 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 seven guy who can handle the ball, shoot, and like score from that position. Like I would love like Wilson Chandler or Gallinari or somebody like that. Like I think they they're needed, flexible. They I think you're that. thinking too much about small forward versus power and forward it's... versus shooting guard. They have wings. They have a ton of wings. It's just Josh plays out of position. Yeah, but Josh plays out of position, and that's like my problem with it because Josh is now playing three and he's better at two. And I understand the idea of going positionless, but I do think sometimes, like Justice, I feel is positionless. But Jay Rich, I think, and we've seen it yeah, time and time again, he is best at two guards. Um, I just think you can have Justice defending threes. Justice can defend anybody on the floor. You can even have Bam defending threes. Yeah, but you probably want Justice defending fours. It just like depends who's on the floor. Fours, I think you they want have a lot of players, or they're, they're building a roster with a lot of players that can defend at least two positions. And I don't know. Oh. Which brings us to Hassan. I think I think that's well. I guess I guess. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think that's the big issue. <laughs> Don't apologize. We're doing radio. I, know, but I feel like I'm cutting everyone off tonight, so I feel we're doing podcasting. Get it right. I mean, You're whatever. But I, I think I thought you said get your fat straight. I was like, whoa. Yeah, stop making fun of me, Brian. But anyway, um, I think the big issue with this team is. You know, people were mad about the contracts that were handed out and how the you know we're kind of in a we're in the middle and it's cap hell and all those other things. But the big issue is that they signed guys and blocked young guys, and they blocked young guys from coming up and being able to play. Like Hassan is blocking Bam now. You have JJ blocking Justice. We 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 all we all feel like Josh is the better at the two spot, and they have so many two guards on this roster, and that's before Dwayne Wade. And that's kind of where they are. They need to expose in for a really tough time of figuring out when guys are going to play, how they're going to play together, and hoping that, you know, Hassan doesn't throw a fit or Dion doesn't go all hero ball uh, or get really fat, which he already is. So, I mean, <laughs> train has left the station on that one, man. Yeah, I mean, we're just in a tough, we're in a tough spot, but I think, I think they just need to figure out they need to figure out a direction in which they're going and just execute. And, but if that means waiting a couple of years until these contracts expire, that's fine. That's a direction. But I just don't know what uh, what the next step is for this team. Yeah, I think the toughest part for them right now is that they have a lot of guys that can play and they don't really know which ones are the best. So, or, or they know, and there's things like money getting in the way. So it's 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 going to be a tough season for those guys. I do want to mention one thing. Yeah. What? Oh, well, I was just going to say real quick on what Chris said. Uh, I mean, that was a very... Yo! <laughs> Hold on, wait. Let me get my thing in first, and then you go. Okay, because I, fine. I do want yeah, to get to go this. Ahead. Yeah, go sure. ahead. Go um, ahead. 
that Bam Adebayo is hosting a basketball camp this Saturday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Rivera Proprietary School, 9775 Southwest 87th Avenue, Miami, Florida, 33176. We will put that address in the description. The campus for children in grades 3 to 12. Registration is a fee of $125. A portion of the proceeds will benefit the BAM Foundation. The message of the foundation is to change the lives of single mothers while changing the future. While changing the future changes choices. That's a typo. Choices and challenges for children. If you have the opportunity to include it in your notes or Twitter feeds, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, I wasn't supposed to read that. But they get it for free. Therefore, it stays the way it is. Write that down, Brian. Can anybody hear that? I hear that. Yeah. Do you hear the perpetual? Yep. 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 What is that? Yep. Did that get recorded, Brian? Yep. Hey, this is Gary and Thorne, host of the Fantasy on Five podcast, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network, letting you know that your fantasy football needs are covered this season. My co-host David Ganos and I will be leading you hand-in-hand through your draft and right up to Championship Sunday, offering our insight into the world of fantasy football. We'll also be inviting some of our friends from Sports Illustrated, Yahoo, and DraftKings. Look for us Tuesdays and Thursdays starting in July, wherever you currently listen to your favorite Five Reasons Network podcasts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.